I could be hurting and someone could give me just that little bit of love and it could fill me up like a force that you would only see in a superhero movie. There's a song that moves me to tears every time I listen to it. <laughs> I can't say my fashion. I would say being yourself and putting the work out there that's the most meaningful to you and others with the courage to be disliked, that deserves inspiration. So that's my inspired mission. That's, I know I want to do that for the next 55, 60 years. If you're going to have an opinion of yourself, why don't you have a good opinion of yourself? If there's a movement that we should start, it should be being kind to yourself. Welcome to the Fearless Inspiration podcast with me, Ian Rudy, where I share the sometimes personal, often powerful sources of inspiration that empower the epic human beings appearing on the show. I do this so Team Human can ride a growing wave of collaborative inspiration, a sharing of experience that brings us close together. And today's guest is Rob Moore, an entrepreneur, investor, author, prolific podcaster with the Disruptive Entrepreneur and Money podcast, six-time Amazon and Audible bestseller, and he inspires and educates people to achieve more than they may believe they can themselves. Hi, Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on your show. Obviously, we're live streaming to my LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you ever so much for your time. Yeah, so what I'm trying to do is build a, a kind of bank of inspiration for people to dip into. And you're a really inspiring guy. That's why I wanted to interview you. Now, I've done a bit of research on you, but I think probably a lot of your listeners know about that. So I'll not go too much into that. I'll get straight in the content. Who is your biggest inspiration in life and why? My dad definitely was growing up because... He put the entrepreneurial flair into me. My mum for standing by my dad with my dad really quite bad bipolar disorder that he has right now, which is really hard for her. I admire Arnold Schwarzenegger and his passion, enthusiasm, love for America and how it embraced him as an immigrant and his ability to be so good in so many different areas. But Ian, I'm also inspired by anyone who overcomes challenges. I'm especially inspired by anyone who's brave enough and cor courageous enough to put themselves out there despite their own fears and failings and vulnerabilities. And they have a mission and a message that they want to put out to the world. And they don't let the critics, the trolls, the haters and the fears dilute and diminish that dream. So anyone who I see doing that. I'm really inspired by because that's the journey that I'm on and I'm trying to be a fearless leader is the wrong word. But, you know, I have a mission and I'm very clear on that to help as many people on the planet start and scale their business and get better financial knowledge. And there's a lot of things on the journey which can make it really hard how you might be judged, what people might say that you might not be good enough. I would say being yourself and putting the work out there that's the most meaningful to you and others with the courage to be disliked, that deserves inspiration and I'm inspired by that. Okay, no, that's uh, really, really good. Now, is there a time when you've had a challenge or been at a low ebb and something's inspired you out of that in your life? There's always a challenge and yeah, I've had low ebbs in my life. And I don't think those low ebbs are gone. I think that your reward for solving a challenge is a bigger one. I think that the universe will constantly throw you challenges to force you to grow and to own the disowned parts of who you are. And it will keep giving you that lesson until you own that disowned part. And then once you've owned that disowned part, it'll probably keep throwing you some lessons just to remind you to stay owned, owned on that.
but then it'll throw you some challenges in other disowned areas. So whether it's a, a COVID lockdown and, you know, the real prospect of having to let a lot of our staff go, that was really hard, Ian. And I had to sat in, sit in my kitchen with the spreadsheet of all of our staff's names and basically pick who we kept and who we fired and who we kept and who we fired. And by fired, I don't mean you're fired. I mean, you know, we might not have a business in three months because, you know, I was talking to my business partner about this. Some businesses got really hurt by the lockdown, like travel, you can't fly. Other businesses were still able to perform their function. But for us, the lockdown was far worse than any recession. Because in a recession, you can still run any events, but you can't in a lockdown. So that was a great challenge. You know, just facing the demons of who you really are and having the courage to be yourself despite the criticism and ridicule along the way. That's definitely a challenge that I think all human beings face. And I definitely continually face that. It's like the more extreme version I am of myself, Ian, you know, the more I put myself out there, the more bold and ranty and disruptive I am, the more fans I generate, the more shares, the more goodwill I build, but equally and simultaneously, the more criticism and hate I receive for that. So it's like, I have this quote, people will hate you the very thing that's great about you. And so that is definitely a challenge because at times you feel strong and confident and bold and you know you have the courage to be yourself. And then at other times you feel vulnerable and it's like, do I really want to attract all of this? I would say my dad's nervous breakdown on December the 15th, 2000. 2005 was a real low point for me. So there's some examples of some low ebbs. It's all part of life's journey, Ian. And after a low ebb is, you know, a high peak. And then after a high peak is a low ebb. But it's nice that you give that wider perspective, you know, that to kind of accommodate all the highs and the lows and it's just part of the process, really. And talking about lockdown, I saw one of your videos where you said you really enjoyed going for long walks during lockdown. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, well, I mean, look, you couldn't really do much else other than long walks in the lockdown. You could do your daily hour of exercise or whatever. And so I'd go for as long a walk as I could because it would put context into the difficult situation of COVID. It would obviously be good for your health and exercise. You would connect up with nature. I felt that I could clear my mind. I felt it was some semblance of freedom, Ian, that, that we, weren't, we didn't have collectively in lockdown. So that and cold showers are recent things post-lockdown from a routine of life perspective that have actually been a great value into my life. And Ian, I'm not one for gimmicks and I've tried this new drink or this new supplement or this new exercise machine. So, you know, when people say, oh, yeah, you know, cold showers or ice baths or yada yada, I'm usually like fad. I agree. I'm about a year into the cold showers every morning. It's amazing. It's so invigorating. Yeah, I don't know what it does to your body. And there is obviously some science in it. But you know, after I mean, I sometimes go for a two or three hour walk. And afterwards, I feel very invigorated, refreshed, exercised. So that's really good. And then the, the cold showers, again, they do something invigorating. And you know, I was feeling a bit there about an hour ago, Ian, and I didn't want to come and bring a there energy to, you know, your podcast. I'm really appreciative that you want to interview me. And I want to thank you. So I went and did a workout. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a nice garden gym so I went and did a workout and now I feel you know more you know I want to bring a sensitive energy to this interview but still an energy not a so yeah you know movement is medicine a friend of mine says that he says movement is medicine 
Yeah. So now I love inspiring events that kind of somehow spontaneously bring together, like melting hearts, making people feel like they're on the same team or inspiring events like that. And I'm trying to create a stockpile of them because I've got a mad idea to do a like a visitor center of these experiences. Do you have an inspiring kind of heart melting, bringing together experience moment? It might be a film, anything that you can share with us. I have a foundation, Ian, to help young and underprivileged people start meaningful businesses that change the world. And I want to get better financial knowledge out to the world, which is why a lot of my content recently on, on money and business has done quite well. So that's my inspired mission. That's, I know I want to do that for the next 55, 60 years, Ian. That makes me feel very fulfilled and useful and valuable to people. And I'm really clear on that. And I have been for a long time. When other areas of my life seem unclear, this is always very clear to me. So, you know, it's not going to a school where kids have cancer, because that obviously would be an amazing thing to do. There's a place for all of that. But I just, you've got to understand your own mission. But, you know, I've helped people who are struggling to start their business, start their business. I've helped people launch apps. One lady, her son was murdered by her then partner. Her son was only two. And she campaigned for years to get a law changed. And she's got this app now to track your children a bit more easily and give them a bit more safety. And I invested, well, I donated a few thousand pounds to that. A lady whose husband and husband's brother died quite quickly. So her children were left with no uncle and no dad. And she wants to write children's books, which deal with trauma as a child growing up and these sensitive subjects like loss, etc. So I put many thousands of pounds into that through my foundation. And, you know, if I had a heart attack right now in the middle of your podcast, one, that would be good for your podcast because it'd probably make it go viral. But I would feel fulfilled and like I'd done something useful in society. And, you know, my foundation is now we've raised what about, you know, over seven figures for charities as well as my own foundation so that's my version of what i bring to the world and it does make me feel good and i hope that i can help a lot of people yeah that is really inspiring so for people that have got low self-belief and forgotten how amazing they are forgotten how to wave their own flag and trying to help those guys i was gonna ask what you would recommend but in your book i'm worth more which i'm part way through at the minute it's obvious that you're a big expert on this already and if i can just share for a few seconds some of the things that touched me and then maybe you can just elaborate on those from your position so you made it clear that you know motivation isn't enough even inspiration that's more attached to your deeper purpose may not be enough unless you've got an empowered identity belief and self-worth so majoring on that self-worth point you say that it's actually a perception it's a malleable thing which just astounds me that low self-worth perception it's changeable so i mean thank you for educating me with that so then what can we do to get that self-worth and build it and you explain this is all in your book so thank you for this we re celebrate our uniqueness realize that we're kind of a genius at being ourselves because we're so unique and, and you give a lot of evidence on why we're unique and then once you can see how great it is to benefit the world by being you it's going to give you such a lift so thank you for letting me explain that first few chapters of your book because i got a lot out of it but for people who have maybe have not explained it well enough there or if they've not yet read your book can you elaborate on some of that i've just said yeah, so self-worth is malleable, i.e. we can increase it ourselves because nothing is real and everything is a perception. So what I believe about myself isn't real. It's my own opinion of myself. So if you're going to have an opinion of yourself, why don't you have a good opinion of yourself? And Ian, if I gave you an exercise, I said, right, Ian, we're going to come back next week and do a live episode. I want you to bring to the party all of your flaws and failings, please. You could write a list. 
And then the week after, I'd say, right, Ian, I want you to bring all your gifts and talents and skills. And don't be embarrassed. Write them down. You'd bring a list. So we could all pick holes in ourselves or we could all lift ourselves up. So having good self-worth is just honoring your greatness and accepting your not greatness. This is what I mean when I say um, people will hate about you the very thing that's great about you. But just because some, someone else doesn't think it's great about you doesn't mean it's not. So really, you know, when people say what other people think of you is none of your business. What that really means is don't let other people's opinions of you affect how you feel about yourself. So really increasing your own self-worth is to honor your own greatness, your uniqueness, your skills, your talents, your experience your human values, your human traits like kindness and resourcefulness and creativity and care and concern and the time that you give to people and the things that, you know, and your patience and whatever else it is that you have. And when we have low self-worth, it means we're focusing more on what we don't have and who we are not than who we are. And when we have high self-worth, it means we're focusing more on who we are and what's great about us. So that is malleable in that. If you immediately change your opinion and perception of yourself by focusing on your greatness, you know, some people would love my soft, fluffy skin and some people would say, bloody hell, Rob, you're receding a bit there. And some people would love your bushy locks. And other people would say, well, Ian's a bit wild and unruly, but it's just a perception. So this book, I'm Worth More, that I wrote was also self-reflective in that I've gone through that journey myself and still go through that journey of what do I love about myself and what do I loathe about myself? And entrepreneurs especially, because this is my focused area, Ian, start and scale up entrepreneurs. You know, this is, These are the people I want. I want to help everyone, but you can't. So I focus on start and scale up entrepreneurs. But entrepreneurs, we're always looking forward. We always want more money, more reach, more customers, You know, better profit and loss, better balance sheet, better management accounts, more staff, bigger impact. And we often, we're always so focused on where we want to go that we don't often stop and go, wait a minute, I've written 18 books. Wait a minute, I broke two public speaking world records. Wait a minute, we've just done more than $150 million in trading revenue. Wait a minute, I own 1,200 property units. Well, I own, co-own and manage, but I mean, there's a freaking lot there. And I very rarely list, go through all of that and go, that's pretty damn good, Rob. That's pretty damn good, Rob. You're not bad looking either for a 42-year-old, you know. But, you know, we don't do that to ourselves enough because, you know, yes, we can get love from others. But until we love that about ourselves, we're never going to fill ourselves up. So, you know, I have this theory. If everybody on the planet is unique and we all have a different set of values, which I believe we do. I've never met two people, not even twins, who are exactly the same. I've seen no evidence. All the evidence suggests that every single person on this planet alive, you know, we're tall, we're short, we're wide, we're thin, we're male, we're female, or we're some other, you know, non-binary gender. We're a janitor, an accountant, a solicitor, a broker, a lawyer, an entrepreneur. There are no two people on this planet that are the same. So therefore, genius can only be a collective perception. Enough of us think Ian's really great at interviewing people or enough of us think that Rob's you know, really good at writing books that one day we, someone calls us a genius. But it's just a perception from other people. But if we're all completely different and one person could be called a genius, everybody then has to be called a genius. Because a genius is just someone that someone else perceives is really good at something. But we're all really good at something because we're all unique. And all of that being genius at your, being yourself is just so beautiful. It's very inspiring. And you mentioned kindness there. And I saw your recent video on kindness. That was really cool. But you were right. You know, sometimes you need to be kind. You need to maybe do something a bit harder in the short term for the, the wiser action. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that.
Yeah, my pleasure. I think that it's important to use your platform for good. You know, I rant and I sometimes push the line. And so when I get a chance to do something to raise mental health awareness or to raise awareness for kindness, I think it's really important to do that. And by the way, you know, so if anyone does, you know, obviously anyone who's watching this on Facebook clearly does follow me on Facebook. But, you know, I I did the choose kindness and explained about kindness can be tough love or it can be letting someone go or it can be giving someone feedback or it's not always just being nice. But if there's a movement that we should start, it should be being kind to yourself because I also have this theory that hurt people hurt people, but happy people and kind people are happy and kind to and for others. So if we imagine we want to start a movement and change the world and create more happiness and kindness, it's actually not just about me being kind to you in a moment because there's a viral hashtag in. It's about me being kind to myself. If I'm kind to myself and I love myself and I'm good to myself, and I'm happy, I'm going to be that to you because we give what we are. Whereas if I'm her, I'm like, you know, and I'm resentful and bitter and angry. I'm like, who's this guy wants to interview me on his podcast? You get lost. Who do you think you are? So hurt people, hurt people, but happy people make other people happy. Yeah, having that bright energy, I've, I've only this last couple of years realized it's worth putting some effort into, you know, being that better expression in the world. And now it's time for quick fire inspiration quick fire inspiration section Robbie this can be one word or you can give us a few sentences so your most inspiring film oh look Alexander McQueen documentary end of I mean that is just to me the saddest darkest but lightest and brightest and most inspiring story ever wear Alexander McQueen's clothing in memory of him very unique designer who was so talented and so successful so young but wrestled with his dark side and ultimately lost for me the most beautiful story Alexander McQueen documentary it's just called McQueen McQueen okay I've looked that up your most inspiring aspect of nature I have to say that love through humanity, the human relationship with love. I would count that as nature, but you know, everything, I mean, this it's pretty amazing that the sun will burn for a few million years. It's pretty amazing that it'll burn out and implode on itself and create a black hole. And then in, in another, however many million or billion years, another sun will form. I mean, the physics of the universe are like, but like I could be hurting and someone could give me just that little bit of love and it could fill me up like a force that you would only see in a superhero movie. I think that's pretty special and powerful. Yeah, beautiful. Your most inspiring aspect of design or style? <laughs> I can't say my fashion because <laughs> I love Alexander McQueen. I love Christian Louboutin. I love Radiohead for their expression of art through music. Sad, but optimistic sometimes as well. I love beautiful design. I love great art. You know, I've got lots of pieces in my house of art or furniture or lighting that I think is like I've got an SME 30 turntable up there. Wouldn't mean much to some people, but just the way it it looks amazing, but it's also suspended so that it's got for sound quality. So it's how form and function meet together. You know, Lamborghini, Patek Philippe, Ferrari. No, lots of great design. Yeah. Your most inspiring song that you sing before you go out? I sing before I go out. I'm a closet heavy metaler, Ian. So my intro song when I speak is Metallica, Enter Sandman. Most people would know that. 
and it's a bit different to your normal intro songs. I like to honour my own uniqueness. But there's a song that moves me to tears every time I listen to it. And there's a band called Disturbed who are actually a heavy metal band. And you need to listen to their heavy metal first. And go listen to one of their heavy metal songs and you might not like it unless you like heavy metal. And they did a cover of Simon and Garfunkel's Sound of Silence. It's had something like, you know, hundreds of millions of views. And I can't do it any justice unless you actually listen to it. But it is the most moving song. Okay. Now I'll put the link in the podcast afterwards. Last quick fire inspiration is the most inspiring aspect of travel. It might be a place, a mode of travel. Coming home. <laughs> holidays are a bit of a strange one for me. I have a bit of a, a strange relationship with holidays. But I'm just going to say it. What I love about going on holidays, coming home. I love my home. I love where I live. I don't want to be anywhere else. And I feel very grateful for that because I know so many people who think that moving away is going to solve all their problems. You know, they think that another country or, you know, another culture is no, 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 no. You you're running away from something and I always want to come home. Yeah. No, you're right. And you say that in your book as well. And I was definitely guilty of being the running away type. So yeah, I definitely need to finish your book and I've got some hard work, I think, ahead. So we're coming closer to the end now. And I just want to thank you for helping me get my podcast up and running because it was, you know, your podcast fast start masterclass. I've been a bit slow getting there, but yeah, we were just about to go live now. But last couple of questions. What is most right in the world? Well, there's nothing wrong in the world. So what's most right in the world is the world because there's nothing wrong in the world. I asked what's one thing that's wrong in the world to Dr. John Demartini and he looked at me like I'd asked a stupid question. It's like, well, there's nothing wrong in the world. And, you know, most people would mention about cruelty or you know, murder or pollution or climate. But to say that there's something wrong in the world would be to perceive that it should be different, but it is what it is. And I think it's really good as a human being to fight for what you believe to be right and to campaign for change and to have a mission. But there's nothing wrong with the world. The one thing that's right in the world is the world. Yeah, it's that quote, is it loving what is? And there's a famous book about that. Yeah, I don't practice it very much, but yeah, I agree with you. And what is the next book on your reading list? I've not read or listened because I mostly listen for quite a few months now because I think there's a time to put in and there's a time to let out. And, you know, some people will say, oh, you know, you need to read 30 pages of a book every day. And I've read thousands of books, so in mostly in audio form. And they've definitely been great for me. But at this period in my life, it's like I kind of know who I am and I need to be careful about what I choose to put in my mind because I don't want to confuse myself. So at the moment, I'm more letting out what's in than putting more in. I'm having a bit of a reflection on my brand and where it needs to go. And there's certain types of my content that's doing really well at the moment. So I'm sort of feeling like maybe I should focus on that. So yeah, no books at the moment. No, that's fine. Fine, fine. And if people want to get in touch with you, how should they do that? I'm my OnlyFans. I'm only joking. I don't have an OnlyFans. Um, you can find me anywhere on social media. My name is Rob Moore. 
I'll put my name in the comments, R-O-B-M-O-O-R-E. So you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. You can Google me and see my website. You can find all my books on Amazon. If I was to start with any of my books, it would probably be Money or Life Leverage. They're my two most popular books, I would say. But, you know, we've talked a lot about self-worth. So I'm Worth More would be a good piece to start. I have a podcast called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. So, all right, where should we start? Go listen to The Disruptive Entrepreneur and get the book Money. That's where you start. Thank you for making it clear. And thank you for letting me do the first ever live I've done. So if any of your listeners want to look us up, we're about to go live anytime now with the first pre-recorded episode of Fearless Inspiration. But I don't have the link as of this minute. So if you need to get in touch with me, it's Ian, spelled I-A-I-N, at fearlessinspiration.one. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Ian. Really appreciate you. Uh, I think it's a great concept, Fearless Inspiration. So, Ian, when your podcast is live, please come back into the comments and share some links. I know we've got to share some links for the songs and things in there. So thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, everyone. See you later. (laughs) Wow, that was amazing. I'm just sitting back and reflecting on all that I've learned of Rob. Here are my top hit lists of inspiration and wisdom that I learned today. One, remember the power of love for you or someone else. You could be hurting and you could just have that little bit of love that can fill you up like a force you would only see in a superhero movie. Two, we are unique. We are a genius at being ourselves. It is of great benefit to the world to be you. Three, self-worth is a perspective. It's malleable, so what I believe about myself isn't real. It's my own opinion of myself. So if you're gonna have an opinion of yourself, why not have a good one? Four, your own self-worth is honoring your greatness, your uniqueness, your skills, your talents and experience, human values and your human traits. Whatever it is, kindness, resourcefulness, creativity, care, concern, anything that you have. Five, have the courage to be yourself despite ridicule and criticism. The more extreme version of Rob's self that he is, the more fans and goodwill he builds. Don't let the critics, trolls and haters diminish and dilute your dream and mission. Put yourself out there. Six, just because someone else doesn't believe something is great about you, doesn't mean there isn't actually a great trait. People may hate the very thing that's great about you. Seven, stop and say, wait a minute, I've not done bad with this. Reflect on your achievements. Eight, be kind to yourself because hurt people hurt each other, but happy people and kind people are happy to and for each other. Nine, what Rob loves about going on holiday is coming home and actually running away may not be going to solve all your problems. 10. Own the disowned parts of you, because the universe will likely keep giving you lessons until those parts are owned. Thank you everyone for listening today. Your kind attention is really appreciated and valued. If you feel some inspiration from today's episode, please share it. As I aim to build a bank of both inspiration and stories of events that inspired close connection between groups of people, if you have something to share in this space, please either share them in the comments or send me an email at ian, spelt I-A-I-N, at fearlessinspiration.one. Watch out for the next two episodes. 
where we'll be speaking to Nick Williams, expert on inspiration who helps others to find their inspired, courageous and natural leadership and tap into what wants to exist in this world through them. He's the author of a number of books on the subject, including The Work We Were Born To Do. And Anna Lagerbis Christofferson, businesswoman and founder of Swedish bar and restaurant group Border Bars in Edinburgh, a treasured part of Edinburgh's bar scene, a home from home with a real community spirit. She also helps people who have difficulty getting a foot in the door of the job market for various reasons. And she has a keen interest in the environment, launching innovative events such as cloth swaps. And I know from personal experience that she is just such a great community builder. Well, that's it for today. Have a great fortnight. See you soon. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music. <laughs>